Hey guys, welcome to Seller to Strategist with me, Callie Olin. This podcast will help teach you how to move from super social seller to strategic thinking leader so you can work smarter, not harder, and build the dream business you knew you were always capable of. Let's get started. Hey guys, so today we're going to talk about burnout. And yes, burn, B-U-R-N, is a four-letter word in my vocabulary, for sure. It's something that is a epidemic amongst social sellers, especially top social sellers, because you guys are burning the fire on both ends, or burning the candle on both ends. I think that's the expression. And it's no wonder that you are feeling possibly burnt out because, you know, a lot of times people come into social selling by accident. They come in because they love the product. Maybe you think it's just a fun thing to do, something on the side. And a lot of times as moms, you know, we find ourselves busy with all the responsibilities we have around the house, plus all the responsibilities you might have in a corporate job. And then taking this on as a side hustle initially, and it turns into something you find that you're actually really good at and you have a lot of influence and you start to see the income come in and you're trying to to juggle all things on all areas and be good at all things. And, you know, it, it becomes really challenging to balance all of that. And usually something has to give. So either the house is falling apart, but you're rocking your business or you're rocking your corporate job and you have it together with the family and then your business goes by the wayside. And when you primarily focus on the selling side or the personal selling side of social selling, usually 100% of your income rises and falls on you. And so if you're not showing up in your business, and you're not seeing that income consistently because you're not working your business or feeling not able to keep on top of it and working consistently, you're probably seeing really inconsistent income. And I know a lot of people talk about the ability to take this business full time and actually leave your corporate job if that's something that you want to do, but you might be thinking, how am I ever gonna do that? Because sometimes I make a few thousand a month and sometimes I don't make anything if I'm not working my business. And so, you know, it becomes a struggle and a kind of fear, to be honest, because you're like, well, what if I don't have that consistent income? And, you know, the the comfortable is having that consistent income coming in. So want to talk about burnout and how you can tackle it in three main areas. Um, The first being that we're going to dive into is how you are spending your time and making sure that you are focusing on the income producing activities or the IPAs. And you might have heard of this before, but it's really easy to kind of get sucked into some of the non-income producing activities, things like customizing or over-customizing your offer, um, customizing or over-customing your images and your wording and all these different things, and really not working and using your time to the best of your ability. Um, I'll be the first to say that I am a master thief. (laughs) I steal great content and great images from everyone else that loves to create those types of things and maybe has time to create those types of things. Um, But that, you know, creating images and um, pretty party templates and all of these types of things are not things that I spend a lot of my time on. I like to simplify. Um, Actually, check out the uh, previous podcast that I did on how to make the shift from seller to strategist and talking about 
how can you simplify your processes so not only they are more simple for you and not a lot of customization has to go into your sales cycle, but more importantly, so that it is duplicatable for other people. So the first thing I want you to do is think about how are you spending your time and have you dumbed it down and simplified it to the very bare bones of the most important ingredients for the recipe for success. And if there's anything that you are spending extra time on, embellishing or customizing or editing, those are things that you need to really practice um, discipline around for eliminating because it might not be something that's adding value to your business, but it's adding time into your schedule. You know, another kind of um, pitfall that people get sucked into is spending time on social media. Maybe you're prospecting or you start off prospecting and then you go, you know, squirrel. And now all of a sudden you're reading a post about somebody and their baby or something like that. Um, or getting sucked into surfing the web or the internet in, in, a, in a different kind of non, non-productive way. And so it's really important that you have focused time, and I'm going to talk a minute in a minute here about time blocks that really focus your time on what those income-producing activities are. And I'll say mostly in social selling, those are going to be um, connecting with new customers or doing things to attract new customers nurturing your existing customers or closing sales or in closing the sale would also include personal recruiting so actually closing that recruiting loop so think about how you are spending your time audit your time think about what you can be doing to eliminate the things that are not adding extra income to your bottom line how can you simplify that and then how can you focus on those three areas of getting in front of new customers nurturing the customers that you currently do have, and then closing the sale. Those are the three things that you wanna be focused on every single day. So when we talk about shifting to looking at your business like a CEO and making investments in your business like a CEO would in their business, it doesn't just rise and fall only on your, how you, you spend time within your business. It's how you spend your overall time. And this might also require you releasing some control in other areas. So, you know, three areas and ways that you can free up time in your life so that you can focus more on the income producing or the most important activities of your day. First is to eliminate, which we talked about, eliminate the customization, eliminate the um, over um, uh, specializing of things and borrow with with permission, of course, borrow from other people, but drill it down and eliminate the things that are not necessary, but might feel fun or pretty or special, or maybe make you feel special. Um, because people think, oh, that's so great that you do that. But those aren't the people that are typically buying from you. Those are maybe your peers seeing you. So eliminating things. The second thing is delegating. And recruiting is is actually a way of delegating. It's a way of um, delegating certain tasks of growth in your business to other people on your team. So delegation is huge. So think about outside of your business, what are other things that you can delegate? And I feel like as women, we like to run it all. And releasing control is really, really difficult because let's be honest, somebody else probably won't do it as well as you. But we learned from one of my other podcasts, B minus work still changes lives and it's better B minus than not done at all or 
do having you do it, but you getting so burnt out that you have to just shut it all down. All right. So it might mean you releasing some control over some maybe household activities. For example, one of the first things is housework, things like cleaning your house. Um, one of the first things that I always recommend that people delegate is the cleaning of their house. Hire a cleaning lady. Even if you have a man- mansion, it will probably only be about 150 bucks every other week. So $300 a month and it will be worth every single penny. Think about not only the time it takes you to be able to do that yourself, but if it is not giving you like if you don't enjoy it and it's not something that you personally have to do, that's kind of the the uh, the litmus test. If you don't enjoy it and it's not something that you personally need to do, then delegate it. And I personally do not enjoy cleaning toilets and I personally do not need to do it. There are a lot of people very willing to work to do that for a very affordable price. And if I take that time, not only doing it, but thinking about it and having it weigh on me and the weight that I would feel having, knowing that that, oh God, I got to do that next week or whatever it might be, or the house is a mess or whatever it might be, then that is worth every single penny. Break down, what is your hourly rate? And chances are it's probably greater than what you would hire a cleaning service or a neighbor or anything like that to actually come in and clean your home. And if money is an obstacle for you, then you can also barter. I mean, find somebody who loves your product that that is in your area that you can maybe barter with and maybe you could give them free product for their time. Another thing you can do is any administrative activities that are in your business that, again, you don't love doing and that you don't uniquely have to do, this is a great place to hire your first employee to delegate. And I know this might sound scary. I resisted it for so, so long, but it is so freeing and so liberating. And in today's world, the global marketplace for, for um, virtual assistants, I mean, it's, it's more accessible and more inexpensive than ever. If you've never heard of it, there are several different websites out there, but my my personal favorite is Upwork. You can create a free account on Upwork and find people all over the world willing to do your virtual assistant administrative tasks. So this could include following up with customers. This could include, I mean, in more of a systematic way, not, not your personal relationships with customers, obviously, but you know, just checking in and engaging and starting conversations with your customers, and then you can kind of come in and finish those conversations. Um, it could include entering orders. It could include processing returns or exchanges. It could include running numbers or sending in emails, um, emails out um, to your customer base or your team or, or whatever administrative tasks that you find that just kind of weigh on you. Um, and as, for as little as $5 an hour, it's absolutely insane the, um, the people out there around the world that are willing to work for so little. Um, and then as you train them and build them up, or maybe you find that you need somebody with a more sophisticated skill set, there's so much talent within Upwork that you can find, even with people that are in social media and technology, to do things that you don't know how to do. Um, and so it really is an incredible resource. And I would definitely encourage you to start with the household because that's usually the easiest, the most local place that will help you feel less burnout and more in control when you can come home to a nice, clean, organized home. Um, and then also take a look at your business and how you could delegate certain administrative tasks, again, that you don't particularly enjoy doing and that you yourself do not add value by personally being there um, to do.
right? So that's kind of in general terms, um, what you wanna be spending your time on and things that you should be watching out for. Okay, so moving on now to the next category to avoid burnout or to rescue yourself from burnout is being a boss of your calendar. And I am absolutely shocked at the amount of social seller entrepreneurs that I speak with that don't use an electronic calendar. And I get it, you love your pen and paper, you love your old school calendar, and I understand that. Um, And I use paper for a lot of things. I use paper for to-do lists often. I use paper for journaling or note-taking when I'm listening to a podcast or a training or something like that. However, calendar girlfriend, you need to come into the 21st century and absolutely get on the Google Calendar bandwagon. So whether you have a um, Android or an iPhone, you can use Google Calendar. If you have a Gmail account, which is totally free if you don't, by the way, move on over from Yahoo or wherever else you are to Gmail because that is where it's at. And you can use the iCalendar app, which is what I use on my phone. So that's what I'm going to kind of train to today. But I know this is also um, available within um, Android as well using Google Calendar. So One of the things that I love about Google Calendar for my iPhone is not only can I link in my Google Calendar from my my work email, which is my Gmail address, but I can use multiple Gmail calendars or or Google calendars within my iCal. So this is so great for time management as it relates to your family as well, because I have a Google Calendar for my family. Um, My kids each have their own Google Calendars as well. My husband has his Google Calendar. If you have multiple businesses, you can have multiple email addresses all coming into your Google Calendar or different, different accounts coming into your iCalendar. So your calendar is at one glance, you're seeing all the different things color coded, nice and pretty on your, your, your um, phone. It's movable, which is incredible. You don't have to erase or worry about stickers or highlighters or anything like that. It's very easy to drag and move. If things change, you can look ahead. You can have reoccurring events over and over and over again, um, which I highly, highly, highly recommend having reoccurring events on your calendar. For example, as you're time blocking, and um, we talked about our income producing activities, um, put on your calendar a power hour, okay? One hour a day that you focus on those three areas that I talked about, which are attracting new leads into your market, nurturing your current customers and your current leads, and closing the sale, all right? So if you took that one hour, that 60 minutes, and you broke it into three 20-minute blocks, and then you, within your business, can designate what are the activities, the income-producing activities that you're going to do within each of those three 20-minute periods within those categories because those are the things that are going to bring the most value to your business. And I would definitely take a look at a couple things when you're figuring out what time to do this. First is I would do it sooner than later because if it gets procrastinated, it's likely that it won't happen if you put this at the last thing that you do of the day, all right? If you are exhausted at 8 o'clock and you have 8 o'clock p.m. every night that you're supposed to do your power hour from 8 to 9, chances are there will be more nights than not that you get exhausted and you push it off, all right? And one hour a day is not that bad, but if you keep pushing this off and you go, oh, I'll do two hours tomorrow and three hours the next day and five hours the next day, it gets absolutely overwhelming. All right. So pick one hour a day that you plan to put this on your calendar and I would do it earlier than later. If you're not a super early morning person, 
then don't do it super early in the morning because you'll probably procrastinate that too. Okay, think about your behaviors, your energy levels throughout the day, and what would work best for you. Now, if you don't have a solid hour, don't worry about it. Do two 30-minute sessions or do three 20-minute sessions. If you are working in in a corporate job and you have to be somewhere accountable to a boss from nine to five, that's cool. Do 20 minutes in the morning of prospecting or of, of attracting new customers. Do 20 minutes at lunch that is engaging with your current customers and do 20 minutes of closing with customers and prospects at the end of the day. So you can break it up if you need to. But that's the first thing that you wanna put on your calendar as kind of the, the first priority after you, of course, have your day job and maybe kids' activities and things like that on your calendar is you wanna put on there those income that one hour of income-producing activities every single day. Now, depending on your team size, you're also gonna to wanna to put on um, uh, things that will, are necessary for you to engage your team. All right, so things like checking in with your team, checking your messages. If you have a team chat, which I highly recommend, I would definitely put some time blocking on there on a daily reoccurring event that you are checking in with your team, maybe 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. If you have a weekly or a monthly team call, put it on your calendar. This is even something you can create a master calendar for your team with all the team events and share the calendar with your team so that they don't have to recreate it. They can just subscribe to your calendar. So this is something that we can absolutely teach you all about. In fact, I even have a free template for you that you can download from my website, sellertostrategist.com. You can go there under the freebie section, grab this free template and add this to your calendar right away and you can see exactly what I'm talking about. All right, so make sure you put that on your to-do list to go and get that free calendar at sellertostrategist.com. Now, another thing I want you to be really conscious about when you are building out your calendar and in your day-to-day life is the things that you are saying yes to. Are they adding value to your life and towards your goals that you have? All right, think specifically. What are your goals? What are your priorities? And when somebody asks you to do something, are they in line with your goals or priorities? Now, for example, I am not a PTA mom. God bless all the PTA moms in the world. You are amazing. I think that is incredible and we could not live without you. So please do not hear me wrong. I have a tremendous amount of respect for PTA moms. However, I'm not one of them. And it's because although it's a wonderful thing, I choose to give back to the world by helping people grow their businesses so that they can create the lives that they dream. So it's not that I'm not willing to give my time and to help people. And there's many other ways that I do that as well. That is just not the area that I choose to invest my time in. Thankfully, there's lots of other people that do choose to spend their time that way. And I release any mom guilt that I might have for not being involved in PTA. So by me saying no to being a PTA mom, it doesn't mean that my kids aren't gonna see me in the classroom. It doesn't mean they're gonna look back and say, oh my gosh, my mom wasn't involved because she wasn't a PTA mom. I can still go and read in the kids' classroom once in a while. I can still go and donate money for supplies for the kids' parties, but I don't need to be planning them and coordinating them and taking on that additional layer of responsibility because I know by doing that, that's me saying 
no to maybe time with my husband in the evening or no to being able to coach my team in the way that I want to be able to coach them because that's going to grow my income and in turn allow me to have the freedom and flexibility to travel with my family and to have some more time with my family. So remember that when you are saying yes to things, say yes with full knowledge and full transparency that you're either saying yes because it goes towards your goals and it is serving your goals and dreams in life and your priorities or that it's something that you genuinely just want to do but you're not doing it because of any kind of guilt or expectations of other people. That's the litmus test right there. Before jumping into saying yes to anything, stop, pause, and say, what would I have to say no to? Are those other things like my sanity more important to me? And am I saying yes or no because of guilt? Or am I saying yes or no because it is serving my purpose in life? All right, now the third thing that you can implement right away to avoid burnout or to rescue yourself from burnout is to work systematically. And this means think about what you are doing that is one-to-one and how can you evolve to doing one-to-many. So as this relates to sales, are you doing one-to-one sales? Is that your business model? Is there a way, and I bet you there is, especially with technology, that you can scale by spending your time selling one-to-many? Now, a lot of business models do this through way of party plan. It doesn't have to be a party. This could even be from a recruiting perspective. Are you having one-to-one recruiting conversations? Or are you hosting a weekly opportunity event that not only you can plug your prospects into, and then your follow-up one-to-ones are much shorter, but your team can also plug into these recruiting events weekly as well. So that's a really great example that you can implement right away. Now, another thing is onboarding. Onboarding new team members might sound really overwhelming. You don't have time for that. You barely have time for your own personal sales business. Well, how could you onboard one-to-many versus one-to-one? Are you having individual one-on-one conversations with not only your new team members, but your team members' team members? That can take up a lot of time. So how can you systemize this so that you are speaking one-to-many. Now, you're not gonna lose the personalization with this because there is some time that you can still have to follow up with these people individually and answer any additional questions that they have to close the deal. However, there's probably 80% of your conversations that you find yourself on repeat. So how can you systemize this with a live or even recorded event to cover the basics so that those conversations not only qualify those people further for you, so that when you do have those closing conversations, they already know the basics, they have their questions ready and prepared for you, and you're able to tackle those objections and close the sale in a much shorter period of time. So think about that from a recruiting perspective. Think about that from an onboarding perspective. And also think about it from a selling perspective. So what kind of selling events are you doing? Do you have large selling events? Are you doing lots of parties? Or could you consolidate those into group events? 
okay, when it comes to coaching your team members, your existing team members, do you have 8,000 different chats and feeds that you are connecting with people on all different levels? Or have you consolidated them into group chats? This will save you a ton of time. Okay, consolidate people that are direct to you or maybe at similar stages of your business into different chats so that you can communicate with them one-to-many versus one-to-one. What about training? Are you having to train people and repeat yourself over and over and over again? Or do you have an infrastructure for training in place with all the frequently asked questions and all of the skill building already recorded and ready for your reps to tap into and to learn kind of on a self-service level? Again, that is going to dramatically reduce your time spent one-on-one with people and repeating yourself. Something as simple as when somebody comes to you with a question, having the coaching skill sets to help them be resourceful and learn not only where to find the information for themselves, so teaching them how to fish versus fishing for them. This is a huge one. I could do a whole podcast just on this topic, and I probably will, Um, but also teaching them to think critically and how they can problem solve so that they have the confidence because chances are they might know the answer. They just lack the confidence to go forward with that strategy. And so if you just give them the answer, they're going to continue to come back to you and take up more and more of your time. But if you ask them, what are the options? Ask them, why do you think that option, you know, what, which option of those would you think go with? And then why did you choose that? And then validate them for making that choice. Then you've just helped build their confidence. And eventually they'll stop asking you because they realize that every time they come and ask you, you're going to ask them those same questions. And they had the answers inside all along. Now, if they don't have a choice that feels good to you, then acknowledge the things that they did offer and let them know maybe why your example might be a better choice. And then that's a learning moment. And that just adds to their kind of Rolodex of of information. So you don't have to choose one of their choices, but you know what? They might come up with a choice and actually have an explanation around that choice that you might find might actually be better than what you would have just rolled off the, the tip of your tongue. So those are some examples of things that you can be doing to help systemize your business. And thankfully, systems are kind of my superpower. So there's lots more where that came from. And we'll definitely be diving into more of that as this content unfolds of additional systems and how you can really, really set yourself up to automate a lot of this so that you can get hours and hours and hours back in your day. Guys, thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I really hope that you found the content helpful and learned something that you can put into action right away. There's lots more where that came from, so make sure you subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at seller to strategist. You can also check out my website, seller to strategist.com, with lots more information to come. Talk to you soon. Bye.